Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share inspiring stories and tips on facing vulnerability and the lessons we can use to help us be able to find success and fulfillment in our own lives. With each episode, we hope to impact one listener. And if anything you've heard has impacted you, we'd appreciate you sharing it on social. Thank you for listening. Now let's get vulnerable. Teddy Roosevelt said, Courage is not having the strength to go on. It is going on when you don't have the strength. This is episode 57 of the Vulnerable Podcast with Amanda Love. After being diagnosed with fibromyalgia at 20 years old, she struggled to figure out how to get it under control. She would receive a ton of advice from traditional doctors, but none of it seemed to work. Her fibromyalgia would leave her feeling lethargic and in a lot of pain. Most days were spent on the sofa. In an effort to achieve some normalcy, she would rely on family and eventually a naturopath. She would learn about food sensitivities that she was unaware of, and changing her diet would begin to help with the pain and discomfort. Being diagnosed so young, she wasn't able to do things like attend college and experience her 20s like most of us would. Now she's doing everything she can to spread her message of managing fibromyalgia to help others find solutions to their pain faster. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Amanda Love. Hey, Amanda, thank you for coming on the Vulnerable Podcast. You're one of the many people that uh, reached out to the podcastguest.com newsletter. Um, I'm excited to have you here today and, and get you to share your story with everyone. So again, thank you for taking the time to come on. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. So the first question I ask every guest to get started is what is your definition of vulnerability? Uh, my definition is you're accepting that you could possibly fail, but you ex- you have experienced that and you commit to continue to keep trying again and again. Well, that's a, a good one. And short, sweet. A lot of people tend to go <laughs> on a little bit more, but uh, I like yours in terms of just the, the ability to sort of fail and continue going. So yeah. and I, I think, you know, one thing I like to always say is that it's, you know, our vulnerabilities, our weaknesses, whatever you want to call them, are actually something that can teach us a lot and tend to turn into a strength if we if we actually learn from them. So I definitely agree with what you had to say there. So looking back at your own life and your own journey and and go back as far as you want, when would you say the first time that you faced some sort of vulnerability or or struggle in your life? Um, I would say it was 10 years ago. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia at the age of 20 years old, and I didn't know where to go in the sense of I kept going to multiple medical doctors and the rheumatologist put me on medications and he told me to do physical therapy and I just kept struggling with that I couldn't get off the couch I was in so much pain right so I didn't know where to turn and then finally I found a natural path who was able to help me get better with that but that took some time no, for sure. And so, I, I mean, at 20 years old, like having something like that happen was, was it something that like you saw coming? Was it like, a, was there any sort of family history of that? Or was there any other health issues that led to it? Or did it just sort of like come out of nowhere? Because uh, um, I don't know anything about it. So, Actually, um, I was very sick as a child. I was sick every four to six weeks with like a very high fever. And so... 
it was probably coming. I just didn't know it. And I, I was, I had a lot of immune issues. And so when I was finally diagnosed with fibromyalgia, it was like a sense of relief in a sense, even if they didn't know quite what to do with me and stuff besides put me on the medications. At least I had like a little diagnosis and stuff because I started, I was, I started with the pain and the fatigue extremely bad right be, right when I turned 20, but I didn't get diagnosed until I was almost 21. So, but most people usually go years, decades with dealing with the pain and the fatigue before they even get diagnosed. Most people don't get diagnosed till they're in their forties or fifties. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, I was okay. blessed. I was blessed in that sense. So, yeah, it's so like I said, it's something that I don't know a whole lot about. So that's why I just tend yeah. to ask the questions to to figure it out. Yeah. So, you know, going through that at you know what seems like I guess a younger age when you finally discovered about it, um, you know what what helped you sort of I guess get through it? Like what helped you start to 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 move through it was because you did mention going to a naturopath, but that took some time. So before that like before you were able to get to that stage, like what was helping you sort of work through it? Um, I guess I would say my family probably just being there and trying to find solutions for me. Um, my grandma actually saw like an ad in, a, in the newspaper and it said it was a free talk. And so she went, to, the guy was only like 10 minutes away. So she went to the talk and the chiropractor he said well if she's been diagnosed with fibromyalgia at the age of 20 she's probably had it for her whole life and so just having people around me that wanted to help me get better i think was a big thing because a lot of people with fibromyalgia their families don't understand it and they don't understand why they can't get out of bed or they can't do the normal activities that they should be doing. So I think family is a big thing, having that support system to help you get through it. And also you have to have some sort of sense of, oh, I'm going to get better. I'm going to find the answers because if you don't, then you're going to give up real easily. So I guess it's in a sense, what you're saying is like your body can sort of be telling you like, you can't do this, you can't do that, but you have to have your mind telling you the opposite essentially. So even though your body, yeah, your body might say, I can't get off this couch. Your mind has to sort of say, no, you got to get up. Yeah. You have to sort of, you have to keep looking for answers until you find them. So would you say, sorry. And no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just, I was simply going to say, was that, was that like a, a strength that you sort of discovered in yourself? Was this sort of ability to, to, uh, I guess, shift your mindset a bit? Yeah. And I also, yeah, I think it's just something that I have inside me too. I think some people are just born with, with, they know that they're going to get through whatever hardship, whatever they're going through in life. And I knew God had a purpose for why I was going through this and I just had to keep going even though it was hard. 
Yeah, no, I can, like I said, I can only imagine if, if it's yeah. not only there, there's pain involved, but fatigue as well, having to, like I said, you know, having to push yourself past, you know, like you said, that those times where it was just like, I, I didn't want to get out of bed or <laughs> didn't want to get off the sofa, having to have the mental strength and everything to, to continue pushing. I, I can only imagine that it must have taken a lot. And, and so, you know, getting into, I guess, the point where you ended up getting to the, like, how, how did you end up? You had mentioned, I guess, that your grandmother went to a talk, but how did you get to the the point of going to the naturopath? Like, was there like multiple doctors you had already visited? You had mentioned you were med- you you had been, I guess, pre- prescribed some medication and stuff. But how did it lead to the point of of getting to uh, going to a naturopath? Um. So I went to the naturopath. So that was in 2011, and that was spring of 2011. But the fall before that, I had been to the rheumatologist and he recommended Cymbalta or Lyrica, which is a medication for pain and for those with fibromyalgia. Um, He also sent me out of the room and he said, well, she's probably depressed, which is what a lot of people with fibromyalgia get told. But of course, you're depressed. You are somewhat depressed if you can't get out of bed and you can't do anything, especially at 20 years old. But, um, yeah, so then he said physical therapy, which I did for several weeks, which did not help at all. I did the swimming and also the weight training. And I'm, I'm actually had done a personal training program the year before. So... I've not been out, I've never been out of shape or anything. So of course that's not going to help. And then there was like a pain management place next door. And we met, we mentioned that to the rheumatologist and he's like, oh yeah, you could try that. So what pain management is, is that they inject like a huge needle into your back and you're, you're actually awake into all these little circles they draw over your back right it's called like it's called a trigger and it triggered all these little tender points they're triggers and people with fibromyalgia have like 13 out of 18 of them right so they did that which was super painful and then of course your blood sugar drops and then you have to have the sugar of like cookies and juice because you feel so bad, but I only did that twice and then they recommend doing it three times, but that was so painful. And I would come crying, crying, crying out of the physical therapy and the pain management place. And so we didn't know what to do at that point. And so then in the spring, we found the chiropractor and stuff. And then, yeah. So was it the chiropractor that then eventually led to the naturopath or, or was it the uh, same? I went to the, I went to a naturopath later on, but the chiropractor was, he was, he specialized in like nutrition and stuff. So he did like food testing for like sensitivities. And I found out I was sensitive to gluten, dairy, soy, and eggs so that was almost whatever nine years ago in this the summer and 
he did some other stuff too, like bl blood tests, dual tests, all that. But I actually found out that I am, I have two genes. So I'm, I have two genes from my both sets of the parents and that have, that give me that really sensitivity to gluten, but I'm not, I don't have celiac, so, but it's very high. It was like the highest ever he's seen for someone with like a sensitivity to gluten, so. And so did, did it, starting to adjust your diet start to help before you ended up going to the naturopath? Like was, because I, uh, one thing I've heard a lot about recently is like how much food can make a difference in, in our overall, like our mental health, our bodies, yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I went off those foods and I've really gotten, I'm pretty good now. So I stay, I've stayed off of those. Because any one little molecule could affect you and it could stay in your system, your body, for like weeks and weeks. So I don't cheat or do anything like that. So I think that's a big thing of what people with fibromyalgia need to get out of their diet. Is the, because a lot of people, 80% of people with that, of people have like food allergies, but they just don't know it. So. Hmm. Interesting. And so like, if you do end up, so like, let's say there is a, like you said, if you have even just a mouthful, but let's say that that did happen, would that then just automatically flare back up any of the, the symptoms of the fibromyalgia or anything like that? Or, or how, like, is that how it essentially works is if you have any of that stuff, you just <laughs> automatically go back or like, again, I'm just, I've never, I, I've never experienced this. So I'm just sort of asking questions to understand. Uh, yeah. So it might not take the first time, but it might take several times before it, you feel bad again. So, so yeah. It's just better to avoid it then. <laughs> yeah, it's just better to avoid it. Well, it's all, it's all test and trial personally. I'll tell people, okay, we've been off that gluten for a few weeks. Let's add it back in and see how you're doing. How's your energy? Even people with fibromyalgia who are struggling with like fatigue and immune issues should definitely just, you might as well try it at some point. It's not the easiest thing, but there's so many things now that are gluten-free that it's getting easier and easier to be gluten-free. No, okay. And then like to, to sort of go back a bit and just because out of curiosity at 20, I mean, like when I was 20, I was like in college, you know, uh, yeah. you know, you're sort of in that point of your life where you're starting to like, you know, discover who you are, gain confidence, all that kind of stuff. You know, you're, you're, you're coming into your adulthood sort of thing. So what sort of difficulties did it present? you know, being so young and being diagnosed with this, like what else is going on in your, in your life that this sort of caused an added level of, of difficulty to? Um, I, I actually did everything I've done is online. So I didn't do college. I did online schooling and stuff. So I went a different path, which is fine for me. I don't, that's fine. Um, but it's, it's weird because you see people on social media at that age doing different things and stuff. And you're like, okay, but 
I think at that point I was too tired. I didn't really care. So I was like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was like, whatever. But um, I do have a sister who's two years younger. So I think I was a little jealous of that and stuff. And, but in the end, I'm where I was, I'm, I'm supposed to be. So in the end, I mean, this was almost 10 years ago. So at this point, it doesn't matter. No, for sure. But I mean, like I said, it, for me, it was just curiosity because I can yeah. only imagine like myself at 20 years old. Like I said, I was in college. I was going out drinking with yeah. friends and, you know, having a great old time or whatever. I did, so. Yeah, I didn't have a social life or anything. So, but um, yeah. yeah, I think no. it affected me that way and stuff. And But I, I, I just, I totally believe that whatever happens in your life is supposed to happen and you'll eventually get where you want to be. No, for sure. It might might just take longer, really. Yeah. And like you said at the beginning, when when you sort of gave that definition of, you know, failures and and being able to face them and then, you know, figure out how they can get you to where you're supposed to go. It seems to me that that's sort of, again, your, your mindset towards all this, as much as it was hard at times and, and it definitely probably wasn't the easiest thing to go through. It seems like you used it to drive you yeah. forward and, and drive you to where that you, you wanted to, to go. Yeah. And I, and I still, and I still do that. Like I'm still failing. I mean, I think you've got to keep failing with like as an entrepreneur and someone who's doing this, I, I, I could, I get people who are negative towards me and they don't understand what I'm doing because a lot of times we just think the medical field can help us and the medical field doesn't know a lot about nutrition and supplements, right? So I just, I keep failing, but I keep going because I want to help as many people with fibromyalgia. And if they don't like, like what I'm doing and then they leave a nasty message or whatever, it's, it's not, I can't do anything about it and I don't care anymore. (laughs) I just move on to the next person and say, oh, I wish you the best. And just, I want to help as many people as I can. So if there's some negativity, well, that's okay. No, that's a great attitude to have because it's not an easy one to have, especially in today's world with social media and everything, because it's that much easier for people to, to, like you said, comment, message, whatever it might be, you know, before you would have had to send a letter or something, (laughs) but now, you know, in a matter of a day, you could have, you know, a bunch of negativity coming at you. So it's good that you have that attitude. Yeah, I think it's, and you have to realize that people don't know where you're coming from. So, and they don't know you personally. So I'm just like, they don't know me. They don't know what I'm about. So whatever, there's more people out there that really want the help. And the people who want my help, they will reach out and schedule a phone call with me. So. No, for sure. So you, you mentioned, uh, you know, there's been some failures. Is there any ones that you want to share? Just because I, I definitely want to get into any other sort of vulnerabilities that you might have faced on this journey. And so is there any other sort of, you know, failures that, that really stood out that you would say, um, you know, have sort of, again, helped you with getting to where you're at now? Um, yeah. Um, so 
So I did webinars last year, at the beginning of last year. And the first time I did the webinar, I didn't realize, and I was so nervous, and I thought to myself, this is going to happen, and it did. They couldn't hear what I was saying. <laughs> so I went through like the 40-minute presentation, and they hadn't heard it. And then I went to the comments because I was so nervous. I didn't want to see the comments as I was doing the presentation. And I just was like, okay, and I did it again and again. And now I do a podcast. So, but it, so everything I do as a nutritionist, I keep trying different things to see what works and what doesn't. And you just have to keep doing that. Even no, if you fail. No, I can completely understand. I mean, starting this podcast, I only started October of last year. And yeah, um, yeah I mean, the first little while, there was definitely a couple of things that, that happened in terms, I remember even, I think it was maybe three or four episodes ago, I've been doing this, I'm on episode 34, yeah. I think tomorrow. And I think it was like episode 30 or something like that. I uploaded the wrong file to like my podcast hosting website and I went to download yeah. the episode and I'm like, I can't download, I can't download it. Like what's going on? And I'm like, you would think after doing 30 odd episodes that you'd, yeah. you know, you wouldn't make such a small, simple mistake, but things happen. Right. And like you said, even with the webinar, like you wouldn't think that you wouldn't have yeah. the audio working, but things happen. Right. And again, it's yeah. just good that you have the attitude. Yeah. And it, and it led me to doing my, and I decided, oh, I didn't want to do the webinars anymore, but I'll at least know how to do them if I ever decide to do them again. And I decided to do the podcast after that, a few months after that. And now I've just celebrated a year doing podcasts. So, oh, Awesome. I haven't quite got there yet, but uh, congratulations <laughs> for that because it's not Thank an easy, you. it's definitely not an easy thing oh. to do. <laughs> a friend of mine that has one as well we both joke around saying it's like having a second full-time job because it's it's yeah. quite a bit of work just not only to to produce and everything but to promote and everything like that so yeah hopefully uh you know that's why i've i've decided i'm like okay i can't do more than two a month because it's just i have other stuff i have to do so no for sure 100%. And it's a lot of work it's a lot of work so i try to keep my episodes pretty short so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things where there's not really like a, a you know, a, a way to do it. It's a matter of however you want to do it. So, um yeah. But yeah. So as long as as long as people are listening, that's the main thing for me yeah. personally, so no, for sure. My my goal right now is one one impact one <laughs> listener per episode. That's it. So you know, it, it's not yeah. a matter of having millions of downloads. And obviously, I think we'd all like that, but it's more of a matter yeah. of making that impact. So I I can definitely relate and agree with you there. <laughs> so if you were to look back at everything that's happened, you know, over the entire journey, you know, finding out that you were being yeah. diagnosed with fibromyalgia at twenty going through all the different uh, treatments and and then getting your way to the natural path, the failures that you've had in your, your business, all that kind of stuff. If you were to look at everything that's happened, how would you say it's all helped you get to where you're at right now? I would say it's helped me to grow as a person. And also, I'm not the most outgoing person, but doing these podcasts and doing like podcast interviews sorry that's my dog okay. but um um 
just, I've grown a lot in the last, I would say, year and a half, right? And I'm, I'm getting more outgoing. I'm getting more outgoing and stuff. So I think it's just, I think as long as you keep growing as a person, then you're going to be okay. Yeah, keep pushing the boundaries, sort of thing. Like, yeah, yeah if, if, was... something, if something scares you, then you should do it. <laughs> Honestly. No, I was just going to say, like, going outside your comfort zone, essentially. Like, yeah. if, you know, you're saying you weren't that outgoing of a person, I can only imagine yeah. sort of the, uh, I don't know, what, I guess the, the energy or whatever it might take for you to get, even get on here today and, and go on, uh, be on, on a podcast. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm actually good now getting on podcasts, but um, yeah, it's, it's different. But if I'm not doing it, then my then people won't know that there's real help out there for people with fibromyalgia. So that's my reason, even if it's, it scares me. Like I just did a radio interview last week for the first time. And I was, I was nervous. But once I got on, I was fine. So just doing those things that scare you and reaching people with fibromyalgia is my main goal because I don't want them to struggle for years and years and decades like a lot of them do so yeah and and you know just to touch on that a bit because one thing you mentioned and and I, I just thinking about it as you said that that I'm curious about like is there a reason or have you discovered a reason that like you said you got diagnosed at 20 but most people have it for the better part of their life but don't get diagnosed till they're in like their 40s do you know if there's any reason for that currently or just it, when you yeah. said, you know, with decades and decades, it just sort of sparked that question. I think it's mostly they're trying to figure out like what health conditions they have. And a lot of people with fibromyalgia have many health conditions on top of the fibromyalgia. And I think it's also, I was so young and I didn't have any other health conditions like weight or any, I didn't have anything else. So a lot of times they'll diagnose you with fibromyalgia because they don't know exactly what's going on with you. But you have to have the unrelenting pain and the fatigue, and you usually have sleep issues, and you have to have those issues for at least three months or more, and then they'll, then they'll diagnose you with the fibromyalgia. But now they... Recently, they're doing it where they'll just diagnose you, even if um, even if you don't even if you don't have the trigger point test, they'll still diagnose you. So, and there is a now there is a blood test for fibromyalgia. So there, so it's it's I guess in over time, it's now becoming a little bit easier um, than it was in the past to sort of recognize. Yeah, there's actually, they, they have a blood test. It's called the FMA blood test, and people can look it up where that will, you could get that covered by your doctors, but your doctors might not know about it yet. So, hmm. interesting. No. Yeah, doctors don't know everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think we think they do, but they don't. So, and and just uh, like for, I guess something from that because I'm going to get down to the last couple of questions here in a few minutes. But one thing I'm curious about is is there a tip or anything that you can give, or even if there's a couple tips that you could give to anybody who 
aside from like you just said, like going, maybe going to your doctor and asking for that blood test, is there any other tips you could give to people to sort of help them sort of maybe questions that they could ask themselves about symptoms they might have? And then aside from that, like, is there any tips that you can give people in terms of how to start working through it and, and getting better, I guess? Um, yeah. So keep looking for answers is a big thing. I actually have a, like a free sleep guide where I talk about raising your serotonin levels, which will help with getting that deep restful sleep. So that's a big thing. So they could sign up for that on my website. So that's something that's a tip that would help. And try, try not going to the medical professionals. Maybe try maybe a natural path or somebody, or you could try me or somebody who specializes in nutrition or just specializes in fibromyalgia because that's a big thing. I think we need to get to a point where we're just going to doctors for whatever that specific health concern is, if it's fibromyalgia, or if you're dealing with like hormones or something, more specialized doctors, or like naturopaths or a nutritionist. So that's what I one, one thing that sort of came to mind as you were saying all that is I think uh, a lot of people, aside from going to doctors and everything, unfortunately with the internet, I think a lot of people also go to Google. <laughs> I don't oh, know yeah. if that's necessarily. Yeah, that's, a big, that's a big thing too. I, I, all the time people are like, say to me, well, I'm okay. And I'm like, well, don't you want to be more than okay? And I know that's just like a brush off for saying, well, I don't want to work on it or I just don't. And I'm like, don't you want to live? Don't you want to have a real life? Don't you want to be able to spend time with your kids or your grandkids or what, or do these family activities or be able to work or whatever you want to do in life? And I think a lot of times people think, well, I'm just going to go to Google and it's going to give me all this, all the answers, right? And then I think that just confuses people even more. Yeah, no kidding. And it doesn't, and it doesn't, my job is to individualize whatever the plan is for whatever you're dealing with. So I think a lot of times Google's good, but with fibromyalgia, I don't think it's a good thing. Yeah, no. Well, I think the yeah. issue is, is that like, uh, you yeah. can end up down a rabbit hole, right? Because you can type in something yeah. and it can give you 10 different answers and for everything from like you're about to die to yeah. like, you know, you're totally fine. And so it depends on, yeah. you know, the person and everything like that. So it's like you're saying, it's probably better to go to somebody who can create an individual plan and individual understanding of, of what you're going through yeah. rather than sort of taking the opinions of the hundreds or millions of people or whatever it might be on the internet. But Yeah, I think yeah, a lot of people do that, like, on Facebook. They'll say, in these fibro groups, they'll say, well, I'm dealing with sleep issues. And they'll talk about it. They'll all talk about it. But I'm like, oh, that's not going to solve it. <laughs> but it's not going to solve all your health issues. I think sometimes we're in it for, like, a quick fix. And with your health, it takes time. And you have to realize that. You're not going to get better the next day. No, I, I wish. <laughs> I wish, but 
it takes weeks, sometimes months, but it's worth it because your health affects every part of your life. So, and if you're sick, then you're not having a life. And I think that's an important point to bring up just in life in general, in terms of like, nothing's a quick fix. Like everything takes time. Like nothing's in it. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and feel better. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and be a success. It's everything takes time, whether it's your health, whether it's your business, whatever it might be, everything takes time. You got to have the patience and you got to be willing to, like you've said, face the failures, put in the work and continue going even when it might be harder than other times. I totally agree. So would you say at this point in your life with, with everything that you've achieved and, and now sort of, I guess, you know, I, I don't know if that, I don't want to say that you've been cured from fibromyalgia, but it seems that you're doing a lot better than you were, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. Would you say that at this point with your business, with everything that's going on, would you say that you found success and fulfillment in your life or would you say that you're still on a journey towards it? Um, I personally, I'm always going to be on a journey towards it. I am always going to be trying stuff and see what works and what doesn't work, but I'm getting there. It just is taking time. And sometimes I'm a little impatient, but oh, well, (laughs) I mean, at least I'm working towards it. And so, but everything takes time. No, for sure. And, and, and being yeah. impatient, I can, yeah, I'm a yeah. pretty patient guy, but I can understand that there are times yeah. where it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely a test. Okay. Yeah, but I'm moving towards it slowly, but I'll get it. <laughs> uh, well, as, the, as long as you keep moving towards it, that's the important, yeah. doesn't matter how fast. And I think honestly, I think going fast or like, like we said a few minutes ago, looking for the quick fix can deter you even faster than the amount of time that it might actually take because if you're if you're expecting it to be fast if you're expecting it to be quick and then it doesn't happen quickly then that might deter you more than just having the patience and putting in the time yeah you have to be ready to accept that it's going to take time no matter what you're dealing with or whatever you're working on so down to the, the the last question that I ask, you know, if you were to look back on your journey, everything that you've been through getting to this point, uh, and you could give our listeners three important lessons, three lessons that you've learned from your journey that they could then, uh, you know, apply to their own journey, whether it be health, whether it be yeah. business, whatever it might be. Um, if you give us those three lessons, that'd be awesome. I would say to never quit, keep going, even though... <laughs> that's harder than ever but um, also I would recommend getting outside help with whatever you're dealing with because you need outside help because you can't you don't know everything about whatever you're you want to help with because they might have something that might sound super simple but it's you did you just for whatever reason you didn't think of it right so and try something new so if that's going to a nutritionist or going to a naturopath or just keep trying new things because you're going to find the answer 
Awesome. No, and and I I think the last one ties in a lot with what we said a few minutes ago in terms of like, you know, doing things that are uncomfortable, doing things that scare you, you know, you got to try new things to even do that, right? Like you're never going to, being inside your comfort zone and not trying anything new, you're never going to figure out, you know, what other answers might be out there or, or, you know, get past those points where you might be scared or fearful or whatever. So definitely, definitely agree with that last one, like them all for sure. But that last one definitely stands out because yeah. I think that that's the key to growth is, is trying new things. And then, uh, and then in it, like a few months or a year from now, you'll be like, wow, I did all these new things that I never thought I would have done those new things. Yeah, so, you learn a lot about you yourself. You sure. yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely know that. It's been sort of my experience over the last three years is just diving into yeah. new and different things and, and learning yeah. as I go. So the last thing here really is, is I just want to give all my, uh, all my guests an opportunity to sort of promote themselves, talk about whatever they've got going on, whether it's a podcast, programs, whatever it is that they want to promote. So the floor is yours. Go ahead. Um, I have a podcast. It's called Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love. And as I mentioned before, I I just celebrated one year last week, and I have 25 episodes on a variety of topics. I have my story with fibromyalgia. I have what is fibromyalgia. So if you don't know what that is, I talk about candida ibs i talk about a variety of topics and also if you would like to work with me i do have a 45 minute free discovery call where i can learn more about you and see if you're the right fit to work with me and after that we decide if we want to work together so you could go to my website and I have a calendar of days and times where you could schedule that free four to five minute call so I can learn more about you and hopefully help you get better with your fibromyalgia. So either of those two options are the best and you could always find me on Instagram and social media and it's all Amanda Lee's love. So perfect and, name, so. and the website is that the same thing as well or uh yeah my website is a bit of least love too so perfect so i'll make sure all that's in the show notes um for any listeners that that may be experiencing some of the same issues that you've experienced and that are looking for some help uh, and just in general i think like i said that uh, your message overall in terms of just sort of you know pushing through uh you know not letting things get you down and and just sort of you know doing what scares you. I think that that's just an overall good message in general, not even just when it comes to fibromyalgia or facing any sort of health issues. I think yeah. that that's just an overall great message for people to to hear. So, um, so yeah, awesome. I, I really appreciate, like I said, that you signed up and that you decided to come on and share your story. And, and like I said, I can't imagine having to sort of go through you know, my early 20s facing something like you did, but I'm glad that you yeah. found your way through it and you used it to not only, you know, um, basically get better, but also it drove you to sort of start a career that could help other people facing the same thing. I think that's very commendable to to, to sort of go that route. So um, yeah, again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, Brian. Awesome. Take care. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also follow me, Brian Almeida, by searching my name on all platforms. If the podcast has impacted you in any way, I would also greatly appreciate a review. Lastly, if you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, I would love to have them on. Thank you and see you next week.